Hi, welcome to the 13th Warehouse. I'm Vicky. And I'm Ken. Ah! Ah! Mikey, you're in black and white. You are in black and white. I am not. Ah! I'm in black and white. Oh my God, our clothes, our clothes, they're like, it's like 1940s. This is Doug with the episode credits for Season 4, Episode 13, The Big Snag. Guest cast Missy Pyle as Lily, America Olivo as Rebecca, and Enrico Colantoni as Anthony Bishop. Created by Brent Moat and Jane Espenson. Written by John Paul Nichol and Michael Jones Morales. Directed by Chris Fisher. And original air date was May 13th, 2013. Oh, come on. Not time travel again. No, no, it's not time travel. The 1940s were in color, much like the rest of history. Right, then where are we? I don't know. And now the episode quick cap. Season 4, Episode 13, The Big Snag. Pete and Micah are thrown into a 1940s crime novel while using the jade elephant to collect static balls in the warehouse. Micah realizes that they are in an unfinished book by one of her favorite authors, Anthony Bishop. Bishop was thought to have killed himself over the death of his wife and writer's block. Pete and Micah find themselves in a detective agency and are hired to find Oliver Carson by a woman pretending to be his wife. He was in possession of the jade elephant before he went missing. Lily turns out not to be Oliver's wife, but his girlfriend. When Pete and Micah meet Oliver's real wife, Rebecca, and find Oliver dead, they suspect Lily, the woman posing as Oliver's wife. Lily, as it turns out, was coerced into getting close to Oliver by Caspian Barnabas so he could steal the elephant from Oliver. In reality, Lily was really in a relationship with Anthony Bishop, or Tony as he's called in the story. Tony based the Lily character on his dead wife and refuses to help Micah and Pete to end the story and release them. Finally, when a fog appears and Tony, not knowing what his outcome would be if he chose to stay, agrees to leave with Pete and Micah. At the last moment, he decides that staying with Lily, no matter what the outcome, is better than living his life without her in the real world. Pete and Micah make it back to the warehouse to find the manuscript complete. It is no longer a crime novel, but a love story. Meanwhile, Steve and Claudia trick Artie into going out on a ping where plastic cars are being stolen. The culprit is using Carrie Lofton's gloves to drive cars through walls to steal them without a trace. Amy, the car salesperson, is stealing the cars because they deserve to be driven and not kept as trophies. Steve reports back to Adwin regarding Artie's disturbing behavior and is told that Artie's fate is now in the hands of the regents. Hi, we're back with Season 4, Episode 13, The Big Snag. The artifacts of the week are Anthony Bishop's manuscript. The unfinished loose-leaf manuscript of Kiss Me Forever by Anthony Bishop has the ability to draw people into a black-and-white world, reminiscent of the 1940s noir film. Okay, so did you read Kiss Me Forever? No, that was his last one. I don't, I don't think he ever finished it. Well, that would explain the blank pages. Well, he went insane from writer's block and then killed himself. Turning the manuscript into an artifact. Swell. Those trapped can only escape by solving the narrative's mystery. Carrie Lofton's gloves allows the wearer to make any car untouchable once. This extends to intangibility through walls and people, can function separately or together. All descriptions from Warehouse Wiki can be found on our website. Now that's hard blow. Okay, so what did you think about this episode? Well, the first time I watched it, I was kind of not 
quite enthused, kind of. Like, my mind went other places. Then I'm going, oh, okay, black and white. Because I like old black and white movies. Then it was kind of corny. and Jeepers. Already in the cars. Somehow it still left me hanging. Unless I missed something, and I watched it a couple of times. Where, what's his name? Oh, God. Steve, Steve. is talking to one of the regents. Right. And I'm like, wait a minute. Did I miss something twice or three times? No, it just showed later in the day Steve was reporting back. Apparently, they asked him to watch Artie because they were concerned. Right, but what happened in between from the car to Steve? Nothing. They got the gloves back, and that was the end of that story, and then they just showed you later on him talking to the regents. Uh Uh-oh. I thought I missed something. And listen, people, whoever's listening, you can like a series and not like every single episode. So don't get snippy, because I absolutely hate this episode. I mean, I love Star Trek. There's episodes I don't like. There's episodes of Angel I don't like. Not many, but there is. And there's actually even a couple of West Wing episodes that I don't like, believe it or not. But I hated this episode. I can't tell you how many times I walked away. Yes. And plus the fact I've seen this episode. This was a Charmed episode in 2004. Mm -hmm. You know, the black and white thing. We've seen that in I don't know how many different series. It was just kind of, mm, I couldn't really get in. I tried and... You know, I watched it again. I watched it again this morning. I'm trying. I know. And I'm like, all right, I'm not feeling this one at all. No. Either plots, I'm not feeling it no. at all. I just wanted this over with, and it killed me to have to watch it again to make notes. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't even take notes. I was like, yeah, whatever. The only entertaining part of the episode for me was the way people were treating Micah as a female. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was pretty much the only entertaining part of the episode for me. I would love a cup of gel. Sorry? I think Mrs. Carson would like you, my secretary, to get her a cup of coffee. If it's not too much trouble. Two sugars in mine, doll. Oh, I will put a little extra something in yours, doll. You and I fell into, into the roles of private detective and Haskell Friday. Secretary. Haskell Friday. Or you can solve this case by yourself while I make coffee. No, Pete, he's looking for Carson, too. Aren't you, Mr... Bonibus. Caspian Bonibus. You're quite astute for a woman. I went to college. I bet you did. You're after the jade elephant, aren't you? There is such a thing as too smart. You want to know a secret? I am awash with anticipation. Your goons went easy on me because I'm a dame. They should have tied my ropes tighter. You're quite astute for a woman. And, you know, Pete brings up that actor, Raymond St. James, mm-hmm. um, from the episode when the movie scenes kept popping up all over Honeyville. Remember that one? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. And so when he's he's getting the erased name from the hotel book, which the whole world knows, he didn't have to learn that from Raymond St. James. You know, when you right. trace over, or color over the, the indents, except that the indents were so deep, you could have read it without doing that. Yeah, I read it without doing that, too. <laughs> This is probably going to be a five-minute episode because I have nothing to say. <laughs> We're going to pause right here for a quick break. We'll be right back. Hey, Dud Gramley here from Yeah, That Can't Be Good. If you're a fan of Warehouse 13, it is very likely you're also a fan of Eureka. And if you aren't, you should be. Please join Kim, Vicky, Skip, and myself over at Yeah, That Can't Be Good for an episode-by-episode podcast of all things Eureka. You can listen at EurekaRewatch.com on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. She's based on your wife. Look, Mr. Bishop, 
We just want to get out of here, okay? I mean, what's that have to do with Lily? All of his books end with someone innocent dying in a shootout. In this one, it's supposed to be Lily, isn't it? That's why you couldn't finish your story. I couldn't save her in the real world, but I will in here. So back off. Quit waving that iron around, you big palooka. You're a writer, not a killer. At the end, it was cute when Tony was going to go back with them to the real world because he didn't know if if he didn't go back, if the book would end just there and there would be nothing after. Right. But he decides that one second with Lily is better than a life without her. So that was kind of nice. And it was nice that they found the completed book back at the warehouse. And, you know, Pete says he didn't know he was writing a love story. But that part was nice. Yeah. But then, Stephen Claudia tried to con Artie into a classic car case. <laughs> that was obvious. He decides to go by himself, and he finally lets them go with him. Yeah, I mean, the car was found with clean VIN numbers uh, at a dealer in Sioux Falls. There's lots of 52 DeSotos. Yeah, but this one had a 53 hood emblem. Makes it one of a kind. It's not one of a kind. It's flawed. If the cars are literally vanishing, it is an artifact file. Clearly, I stand corrected. Oh, mark the date. I totally forgot about Artie's love of cars. You know, remember the car he had? Yes. I don't know mm-hmm. if this is the same car or if it's a new car. I don't remember if something happened to that original car he had. I, I can't remember. I can't remember either. So they find out he named his car Scarlet. And Artie was a bit over the top, and I guess that was the point of this whole storyline, because otherwise the storyline was awful. Right, yeah. He shoots something in the car dealer. He tries to increase the blast radius on one of Claudia's grenades, and then he jumps in front of a car when Claudia's in the trunk. And he finally admits to Steve that his behavior is so no one dies on his watch. Right. He wants to take all the risks. Right. And then they use Artie's car as bait. So Amy, the car salesperson, turns out to be the one stealing the cars. (sighs) Really? And the reason she's stealing the cars is because cars deserve to be driven and not locked up as trophies. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. As if it was a person or a living thing. Right. Not to make money. No. Cars deserve to be driven. Really? Yep. Mm -hmm. That's like the most ridiculous thing I've heard. (laughs) Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Stealing cars and trying to sell them back to your boss? Ugh. Cars deserve to be driven, okay? People who lock them up like trophies don't deserve them. Sounds like stealing to me, but who am I to judge? I'm about to steal those gloves. And Claudia keeps trying to make excuses for Artie's behavior. She knows he's over the top, and she knows Steve is probably more worried than she is because Steve is kind of newer to the warehouse than she is. Mm -hmm. Um, and probably not as close to Artie as she is. And it almost looked like he wanted Amy to crash into him. Yeah, it did. Like he wanted to try to just end it off so he won't have that guilt. Yes, it's kind of like he had a death wish on Mm -hmm. top of not wanting anybody else to get killed. Jumping in front of a speeding car with Claudia in the trunk and playing chicken with a car thief, Artie wasn't just putting himself in danger, was everyone. I I know that he says that he was following his gut, but... I'm afraid that he's being unnecessarily reckless, and I'm really worried about him. Thank you for your candor. We've been worried about Agent Nielsen as well. This confirms our fears. What does that mean? It's time for the regents to act. And then Steve reports back to Kosan about Artie, and he says it's time for the regents to act, which makes Steve think that he's going to bronze him or something. 
I understand certain things, but sometimes you don't tell everything. I think that's one of my philosophies. You don't have to tell everything, you know, and just say, you know, eh, I'm still keeping a watch on him. Right. And I think Steve trusted the regents. I I think that's why he did tell everything, because he trusted the regents enough to know that Artie needs help, not that he they need to do something to him. When you asked me to keep an eye on Artie, you said it was to help him. Trust us, Agent Chicks. Well, wait a second, Mr. Cousin. I know what it's like to go through trauma, and the last few months are not something that Artie will get through easily or quickly. We need to be there for him, not bronze him or turn him into some H.G. Wells hologram. Noted, Agent Chicks. The less you know, the better it is for Agent Nielsen. As I say, trust us. He should have know, uh, knew that they was lying. He since that one. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they weren't lying. Maybe they, you know, they, they just asked him. But I think it's weird that they always put Steve in this position. You know, they want mm-hmm. Steve to watch Artie. Steve had to go undercover and pretend to be fired and and to work against the warehouse. Well, Good. you think about it, because Claudia wouldn't do it. Right, you know, true. Claudia's not going to tell you the truth, either. She's not going to tell you the truth. She's going to be like me. I wouldn't have said the whole story. I wouldn't have told the whole thing. Right. I would just say, you know, he's, I'm still watching him. If anything really drastic happens, I'll let you know. Right. But that's the update right now. Where Claudia probably would have did the same thing. Micah, they would have done the same thing. So, you know, Steve... He's not that he does. Right, you're right. He doesn't have that attachment like the rest of them do. Yeah, but I feel bad for him because even though he and Claudia are very close, he always seems like the odd man out with the rest of them. Not that they're not nice to him or anything, and not that their relationship will probably get like everybody else's relationship is, but. Because he's so new, and number one, he was new, and then he was gone for so long because he was with Sykes. You know, right. they're not as close to him, and he they and this kind of stuff that the regents do. How is that going to go over with Claudia when she finds out Steve was reporting to the regents with on our right? You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I guess we're going to have to see what the regents are going to do to Artie because I do not remember at all. Yeah, I don't remember either. Not at all. Random, random, random. And now for some random thoughts, facts, or things that we just thought were funny, or things that we just wanted to mention that don't really need to be discussed, but deserve a mention. But first, the funny. All right, all right, all right. we'll take Scarlet. <laughs> what, you named your new car? You wear torn clothing. We all have our quirks. So, that was my acting. I'm not going to lie to you. Excuse me, are you the private dick? Uh, uh, why yes, yes I am. Mice, did you notice how I didn't make a joke there? I I think I'm maturing. Old man totally tricked us. Well, to be fair, he wasn't lying. According to my new pal Doris, he was buying an elephant on the 4th Street Bridge, and I quote, I know, it's weird, ain't it? just made a trip for biscuits. Now I'm putting you in a wooden kimono. That's not even English. And another funny thing was when they asked if Rebecca was a real person before they killed her because they didn't want to kill a real person. And Tony says it was based on his mother-in-law. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny. But I liked his character, though. I, I always liked, well, I can't say I liked his character, 
I always like the, the actor. The actor that plays him. Yes. yes. So do mm-hmm. I. But his character was annoying me. And I know it was the dialogue and he was supposed to act like that. But it was annoying. Yes, it was. The dialogue was annoying to me. Scram or I throw lead. The only thing that I kept on saying, well, wait a minute, how did they get a car? Then how do they change their clothes? Wait a minute. They had a dolly, give the guy, and I'm like, you know, where did things just pop up out of nowhere? But I guess it's a book and it just, the clothes just pop on them. Yeah, I guess because they're characters in this book. Yeah, but even sometimes in the book, you go to the house and get the car. You just, in the book, you just don't get in the car and... You go dance. You're just something that leads up to that. If they did all that in between stuff, that would have just made the episode longer, and I couldn't bear it. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. I, I was just like, uh. Like I said, I was excited going, hey, all right, and black and white, and then the dialect, and some of the terms that they used, I'm going, mm, that right. sounds like that's from the 50s and not the 40s. Yeah. And I'm going, mm. That doesn't quite fit that era, and I'm going, mm. <laughs> And the way they were saying it, and I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Say, toots. Because I remember a while, while back, and I think we were talking about this season before we ever got to it, and mm-hmm. I said I re- totally remember a couple episodes that I really hated, although I didn't remember this one, but there is one coming, I think, in this season and maybe it's in season five i don't know and mm-hmm. it's funny that i don't remember the episodes but i remember the ones i hated oh, okay <laughs> and but yeah there's one coming that is another one like this which is probably going to be another five minute episode because i can't stand it <laughs> <laughs> oh well to just like that and yeah i was just like and i did i watched it a couple of times because i was like did i miss something because i did i walked away I picked up my phone. I don't usually normally do that. It was almost to get to be background noise. But when I'm watching Warehouse 13, I don't pick up my phone except to write notes because I'm trying to pay attention, and I could not. I, I, I couldn't believe how many times I actually walked away and going, you know you're supposed to be watching <laughs> this, right? Because I paid so little attention that I thought that Oliver guy, that Tony mm-hmm. was, I don't know what the hell I thought. I didn't think that Oliver person that they were looking for to begin with. Mm-hmm. I thought he was Tony. Uh, I missed that whole character. I missed that he died or whatever, that mm-hmm. they found him dead. I thought Tony was pretending to be Oliver or something. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> I honestly don't have anything else to say. <laughs> no, I don't either. Okay, so that was a quick one. we'll be back next week definitely but hopefully we'll like the episode (laughs) have a great day you too eggs in the coffee box come on this will be duck soup you are enjoying this hey this is Dud Gramley reminding you to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the 13th warehouse on Twitter at Eureka Warehouse, on Instagram at Eureka underscore Warehouse, on our website at the13thwarehouse.com or on Podbean. Theme music for the 13th Warehouse, Reflections in the Mirror, provided by Esther Garcia under their standard license. See you next time in the 13th Warehouse. And now we're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, 
Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Space, the final frontier, or is it? Discover the podcast of a couple of moms who love Star Trek and happen to have kids on the autism spectrum. Join Vicki and Elizabeth as we explore strange new worlds, talking about the new Star Trek Discovery series, autism, and whatever else comes to mind. We're Moms Going Boldly, and you can find us on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Player FM.